0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Slim, you need somebody to look up to for who working hard and that shit paying off and they stand down, bang, you know, yeah. keeping faith, whatever, whatever. Definitely look to it, man. So yeah, never give up on yourself, bro. A lot of us you know, we look up to you from a distance or up close, you know, for our own inspirations and,
0: and keep us motivated.
1: So yeah. Welcome to the Dreams by any means motivation station. I'm your host, Ed Doxon i want to welcome you to today's episode we have a very special guest in the building we're live here in washington dc um i have the pleasure of introducing you all to someone who i've known since 2007 uh quite a while uh, we met back in high school and in washington over there from north capitol here in dc and uh, we always remain in contact uh brianna's been a solid person um you know she's it's like when i met her from the rip it was like she just was like a person I felt like I always knew. It's like I would see you in passing and like it would just be like that genuine love, you kill that's what I said. You always had an old soul, I felt like. Like you was saying, like you said, you you know, we earlier we was talking about that, um and whatnot. But I won't spill, you know, everything. I'll let her tell it and um tell her, you know, about herself. But I wanna welcome Miss Brianna to the show.
0: Thank you, Ed. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really happy to be on your podcast because I'm really proud of you and everything that you have going for yourself and the man Thank that you. you've, you know, turned into and built yourself up to be. Coming from where we come from, that's definitely something that we have to admire, respect, and tilt our hats to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that for sure. But no, um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as We've talked uh, a few times before, you know, with the podcast. I just pretty much have this here. um something I'm using as a platform to introduce people to my network um, and people that I've met in different ways, personally, professionally, whatever the case may be. Um, so, like I said, definitely glad to have you on here because I met you, like, before. When I say before, it's like before. Like I told you all, as you all just heard, 2007. So where we at now is, like, I met you before I could even think of any of these things that have happened and mm-hmm. just how life is, like, you know, you know tr- you know transform for us you know after since like we left MM, so it's like uh, i definitely you know it was glad to bring you on here but want to bring you on here to talk about you know your story your upbringing here in dc some of the things you got going on for those listening brianna's a business owner um you know here in dc so you know those type of things um because really want this to be a a I would say be like um a, a, a con- content that people can tap into And use to help better their daily life So that's why also too I bring on like different type of people You know what I mean mm-hmm. you know, Different things from different walks of life And different interests So um, I would say just start off Just talking about your upbringing in D.C. Okay um, You know and, and some of the things You know the good things Some of the challenges you had You had to overcome D.C. culture Um, You know tell people a little bit about that
0: Okay cool So coming up in D.C. was a very interesting, especially in the 90s, very interesting. Um, We had a lot of obstacles and a lot of different um, paths and choices that we could choose from um from having drug addicted parents or whether your parents sold drugs whether you lost your parents early or if you ever had contact with them from just getting lost and all of the different things that our crazy city can offer you um i was blessed and able to walk the straight and narrow despite having um lost my dad at age 9 from cancer And then, well, my mother was on drugs from the time she was 19. She had my brother at 21 and myself at uh, 27. And she was on crack the entire time. So we were both born into the world, addicted to that. Overcame um, all the trials and tribulations that was placed in front of us. I feel like my father really guided our steps, ordered our steps, um, introduced to a lot of the right people at the right times like I just always felt like that about my life um and I've always just kind of attributed attributed it to my dad because having lost him at nines and then like you know growing up and learning like all of these different how all these different opportunities just seemed like they had just come to me um that was that was really nice and just keeping that that uh, connection with like my roots and also knowing like what I wanted to get done so I didn't I didn't know like I was really into medicine and healing and stuff mm-hmm. um, until high school you know we went to the career high school so we were supposed to have uh, nursing assistant dental assistant all these different passed but we didn't have all of them it was like around culinary arts it was just a couple mm-hmm. that was still present before they closed the school that we went to but that's when I really I guess got got knowledge about myself like what I wanted to go into so I went into um, I went into the upper bound program that we was both into so that was one of the mm-hmm. uh, one of the avenues that I feel like really provided and protected me um, just in that specific arena of life where you need to figure out like what's your post high school plans, what are you interested in, what kind of school do you want to go to, so shout out to Trio Upward Bound, Ivy Facts. Facts. but um, yeah, Upward Bound held it down and introduced me to a lot of good people a lot of opportunities, just a lot of knowledge that I didn't have and I don't know how I would have got access to it uh if it wasn't for The those people in that platform, Mm -hmm. um. So they even specifically like outside of uh what they already did, they specifically took me to Hampton to tour the campus so that I could see it before I committed to the school. Mm -hmm. So like they went above Mm -hmm. and beyond something that my own mother wasn't even able to do and held it down. Yeah, Yeah, they they really really exposed me to a lot, and um yeah went to Hampton, did my thing, got my nursing degree. Came back. I've been a nurse in DC since 2013, so it's been eight years. Uh, A couple of years ago, I realized that I wasn't quite as interested in traditional medicine Mm -hmm. as I thought I was. Like, you know, you come out of school, bright eyed, bushy tail, thinking you're about to heal the world, and you just have so much passion for healing, and you kind of get, you become this professional, and you learn your industry. And and that's where the disconnect happened with me. Learning, like, what's the true workings, the inner workings of the medical field. And, you know, just with any other industry, the bottom line is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Everything is about making money. Um, They don't generate cures. They generate customers. And... You know, like, you, you get to the point where it's like, hold on, the stuff that I'm learning and the, and the biology and the science behind what I'm learning versus what we're actually doing and how we implement it don't make sense. So, mm-hmm. like, I was kind of miserable within my profession for a while until I started to embrace kind of what was always in me with the natural, uh, natural medicine. Right. Um,
1: and and um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, but as you're talking and just talking about nursing in general and your career um could you like kind of weigh in on like how you like led to get to like your nursing career meaning that you know i know in college it's mm-hmm. like you got to apply to get into the program and may only accept a certain amount of students and yeah, stuff so yes, for yes. some of the you know i got some young women some hbcus hbcus listening right now kind of like talk about the steps that okay today yeah
0: I was very fortunate. Um, the university that I chose, Hampton, um, mm-hmm. at the time that I was there, you did not have to test into the program. Um, you didn't. It's a, All nursing mm-hmm. programs are known to be really rigorous, but some programs, instead of making you test in, they will just require that you cannot get anything under a seat. So your your GPA have to maintain. So that's what Hampton was pretty much on at that time. Obviously, mm. getting a C wasn't a concern for me, so yeah. <laughs> I made it. But I watched a lot of people. You could get one C, but if you got two Cs, it could be the second semester of your senior year. You will not get a nursing degree.
1: Wow. So <laughs> Yeah, I hear that.
0: It. <laughs> it, it was it was definitely very hectic and still a little nerve wracking. Um. Nursing school was no joke. I honestly do not recommend nursing to anybody. But that's just with me and my experience. So right. I don't want to shy away anybody if that's your calling. Do what you need to do. Um, just understand. Don't go into anything, anything, any profession without being, um, you know, just fully aware of what you what you want to do and what you Need to get accomplished so that when you get there you won't feel like what's going on or everything is you know you're you you can be easily shaken because I feel like that's how I was like I was very dependent like just looking forward to like healing and I put all my eggs in that basket and I was like extremely let down so just know that even if you get that nursing degree there's so many different avenues that you can take you just have to be really. Uh, open and ambitious because you can really do anything with a nursing degree and you can take any path and I think that's what I am the, the point where I'm at right now um back in 2015 late 2015 early 2016 I launched my first business which is diesel dessert and that is a um an edible line handmade edibles um infused treats Um, that I make myself and that kind of just rolled off my hands without any like preparation and planning. It was rather easy. However, my holistic medicine business that I'm working on now kind of, um, scares me and it makes me question myself, uh, because I don't have the full resources of a hospital or, you know, things like that behind me. I'm kind of just going out on my own and on my own research and my own intelligence and using what I know to heal people or do my best to heal people. So that kind of produces a lot of anxiety for me, but I'm at the point now where I'm like really conquering those fears and, um, getting out my newest business, which is called RN natural. Mm-hmm.
1: So. <clears throat> so it sounds like you got a lot, a lot going on.
0: Oh yes.
1: But good stuff, good stuff. Like, and I think, you know, it's, um, like I said, it's, it's, it's an honor for me, like, just to be, like, still, like, a part, like, of your life for all these years. Like, because I think that's one thing I'm learning as I'm getting older is, like, friendship is, like, rare. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the older you get, your parents always say, oh, the older you get, your friends going." you know. Now, like, you really only have a certain amount of people you can say that you know for 10 years, that you know for 15 years yeah. and so forth and so on. Like, because now we get into that age, so yeah, like, I'm happy you lit, like, you know, and and you know what, technology, I'm gonna say shout out to technology, because, like, social media has kept so many people together, Mm. whether you realize it or not, absolutely, like, we don't talk on social media every day, but you see my Twitter, I only got, like, a couple hundred followers, so I'm gonna always see your, you know, tweet on it, you gonna see me when I come on there, but it's, like, stuff like that that's, like, allowed us to, like, stay in communication and, you know, still be here, so. Absolutely. Yeah, but, um, no, nah, like, so, um, you know, as you talked about growing up in D.C. and all the things that you, you know, now been able to graduate to and, you know, be successful and um, just in the city, like, um, you know, everyone listening, like, I know, like you're a mom, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, motherhood, like, and it's just motherhood being in a city like D.C. Just talk about, like, you know, experience of motherhood and, you know, some of those things are, like, just that, like, have helped you, like, to who you are today.
0: Woo! That's a good question. Okay, so motherhood. Motherhood definitely took me, dragged me, got me together though. Um, I don't think where I'm from, I'm I'm sure that has something to do with it somewhere down the line. Um, But... My experience with motherhood was uh traumatized it was traumatizing a little bit not just from what I experienced with myself and um, the guy that I decided to have a baby with uh from also what I experienced as a child and what my own parents went through. however, it also was the the fire under my butt to changed my life and I was never living crazy or nothing like that but I feel like the the only direction in my life that wasn't forward or the only place that was like completely stagnant was dating and my choices in men and now that is the aspect where I feel like being from DC has kind of made me a product of my environment to where I'm attracted to a a type of man or this this image that I have or stereotype mm-hmm. more so mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of us have for what we're attracted to it, it helped me be- becoming a mother helped me to put that to bed and not to be so like caught up on superficial things to really uh, de-center men N- not in a negative way like I, I don't think niggas ain't shit and mm-hmm. stuff like that um but just decenter men from my my focus and to like make motherhood business me you know all of these things that I was kind of like avoiding so Motherhood transformed my life in that way to get back to myself. Cause now I had somebody that was, you know, you always feel like you got you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was like, all right, I could just put me on ice right quick. I'm gonna be okay. I can't do that with my baby. So that's not really an option that, you know, was able. So I'm very fortunate that I had that that turnaround, but even having that mental turnaround that that difference and you have to mourn the old you and and get used to this new woman and this new life and from that I believe that's where a lot of my postpartum depression came from Mm -hmm. um just like mourning who I was and fighting who I was becoming because I didn't want to be uh this serious or this this uh image that I had in my head of how my life looked at how my life looked at the time from the outside, looking in, so I was experiencing just a lot of like crazy crazy feelings. however, my baby will be four in June, and I okay. am so happy to say that like that is over, and I'm just at the point now where I'm producing and showing benefiting from the the fruits of my labor and- ch- and changing my life and breaking generational curses mm hmm so, I'm excited about that
1: too. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's good. So four, so four years. I know, probably feel like it went by so fast. It, did, it <laughs> did.
0: When you have kids, time definitely speeds up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's good.
0: Yeah, little Emery, she gonna her she's her birthday is on Juneteenth. Mm. So I really feel like she's <clears throat> gonna do something. You know, I'm like pro black. Warrior. <laughs> yes. I think she's gonna do something very, very important with black people.
1: Yeah. No, 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 that's good.
0: So I'm working really hard to keep give her a business so that she could have different options that we didn't have growing up. Like, you know, our right. parents didn't have businesses and shoot, my mother barely had a job. But um so just seeing different things, seeing your parents handling things, entrepreneurship. She might, yeah. she'll know how, what it looks like to run <clears throat> a business so that she, she don't have to deal with certain things. That's the life that I want to provide for Emory. Like I don't overspoil my baby. I don't think that that's, you know, I don't give her everything that I didn't have, like in the sense of material things. I give her the things that I didn't have that I feel like would have put me in a better position to be a completely more advanced young lady yeah so i feel like and that's important in these times because they don't even have what we had growing up as they they got too much uh social media screen time and stuff like that so they need they need a lot
1: (laughs) yeah that was um and that's the difference like you just said like how many things like you know businesses and stuff like it wasn't an no entrepreneurship like talk when we were growing up. Mm-mm. But we, although we went to a career high school, but I'm saying now where we are today in 2021, a lot of those schools are like, you know, yeah, they gone. Mm-hmm. So that's just the thing. Was like, it's just crazy. Now everybody had the mindset to go work, 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 nine to five corporate America. And you got up there like, nah, but internet has changed. it. now you can run a business from an Instagram or from mm-hmm. a Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's different, you know, different levels for sure
0: yeah they they have they lit for that for that part of social media so yeah. they have like opportunities that we didn't even dream of having however they they have the i feel like their struggle is on focusing because how can you look at how difficult it is for us to put down twitter or instagram <clears throat> and right. we grown fully actualized adults imagine well, being a, a general, stupid right. kid you right. know what i'm saying <laughs> like just a just a little dumb kid with one. Just have some fun. Like they ain't. Yeah. I I feel sorry for them, but I also feel happy for them at the same time. So that's true. They got this. That's their. That's their burden to worry about. What's their generation called? Z. Uh, yeah, yeah. Generation Z. That's my the Z my, problem uh, my man was on about. the
1: phone earlier, just talking about that. Yeah, it'd be funny when people label them like that now. Like people really be labeling the generational drinks. So I'm like, y'all I like tweaking, that. like.
0: No, I, I, I like that because like <laughs> how we were talking about earlier, like how th- those time frames impact the people that are born within That's it. Like, the millen- there's gonna millennials be millennials a- doing anything. Millennials was a little wild. We be,
1: t- yeah, we we have a.
0: We changed the world. Though. Yeah, that's what I'm
1: saying. So it's like we were just born into the time of like the new. So it's mm-hmm. like new, just all new levels. Of. Yep, yep,
0: yep. We want
1: everything to be go a our way.
0: Sub generation of COVID babies. I wonder what they right. going to be about.
1: <laughs> they're born during the craziest times.
0: Yes, they're probably going to be psychotic. Please, Lord, pray <laughs> for us. Oh, gosh. Yeah, facts, though. No, I do think that it's that my grandmother taught me this, though. It's the responsibility of the generation before. To educate and and mm-hmm. train the generation that comes after them, so she she mm-hmm. always get at old people when they be like oh, these young kids. Da-da-da-da. She hate to hear that. Yeah. So I'm not a believer in that either. Like we got to do something. It takes us to constructively interact with our children and their children and so forth. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, next thing I was thinking about, you know it. As growing up here in D.C., uh, we talked about it already, but as we still see some of the things that still um, impact on D.C., unfortunately, the crime that takes place here. So as I think about you giving your story as, you know, a little girl, now a woman growing up in D.C., and you see the uh, unfortunate events we have with a lot of juvenile offenses, but the most recent one, which unfortunately took the life of the Uber East driver, where you had two young girls, a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old, you know, who pretty much uh has been charged, you know, with uh, his murder. So, you know, thinking about that, and we've seen the increase of a lot of crimes being committed by teenage girls in the city and a lot of carjackings, um, they say in the last couple of months. Um, what advice would you have to give to some of the young women out here growing up Southeast, Northeast, Northwest, you know, um, all throughout their district? Uh, what advice do you have to them? Because, you know, like we know, things change, but most of the things remain the same. So to say that is that the same struggle that, you dealt with in D.C. back when you were a teen and some of the similar things going on in these communities in our city. So what advice would you offer for these young women?
0: That's a good question. I think um, girls are unique. Uh, b- boys and girls are obviously unique. But you have like at the age where they are, the 14, 50, that teenage, preteen age group, you are really in a place where you think you know Everything and I was there. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I think yo, your brain is just wired that way at that time. Um, so understand that you don't know everything. Just that's the biggest, most important thing. Um, you remember Dr. Eubank, right? Yep. From um, MM, she told me one time, and I of course. On. I at can't. Her.
1: I can't remember her face. I definitely remember the name.
0: She wore this bang and the same little ponytail with the hair hanging down in the back. Didn't she?
1: She, she was re- a dentist. I'm saying, didn't she remind you of, like somebody for of Fresh Prince or something? Uh the mother. Yeah, okay.
0: That's yeah, right. yeah the, okay. the the
1: light skinned mother. Light skin. Yeah. On bed. Y- every time I seen Dr. Y- oh, she like she up. Like she oh, like, Dr.
0: She- had that bag. She was her- a dentist too. Her name
1: to made her sound rich. <laughs> when I used to be the I used to always walk past her class. I never took her. <laughs> oh yeah, I took her. Um
0: but she just used to she used to really like me. She took a liking to me, her and Miss Bradshaw. And so, Where so Where's Doctor Eubank at? She she also taught at Cadoza after, so she was at Cadoza when I went there. Miss
1: Brasho, that was my that was my lady right there. Miss
0: Brasho came to my college
1: graduation. She was, <laughs> she was great people. Right. Like, great energy. She really was great.
0: Yeah, she was. She was in the right profession. She really had a, a connection with them kids. Well, me too included. <laughs> but no, Dr. Eubank told me one day and I will never forget it as long as I live. I forget exactly what we was talking about, but she laughed and she said, Oh Brief. That's just your 16-year-old self talking. <laughs> and a matter of fact, I might have been, like, a different age. But I was like, what do you mean, my 16-year-old self? I'm going to be the same self at 16 and 26, 36, 40, just going so right. hard. I and mean, I was, we were having, like, a fun conversation. We weren't arguing or anything. But she was just trying to give me from a, a grown, older woman's perspective, like, Oh, baby, you're just saying that now. But as you grow and you develop and you learn, you're going to see the world so much differently. So at those ages, like, just try not to be convicted. Yeah, like, just be... You are just... All you have to do is just keep moving at that age. Like, life is but a dream at that age. So everything that you are... Like, your wildest imagination, you could... You could have it. You can materialize it. You can make it. You just have to kind of be a sponge at those ages. And then one of the most valuable things at that age and all all the time through your life is to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Be yourself. Like everybody else has already taken. You can't keep up with the Joneses. That's not important. You get your own style. You get your own look. You get your own. You know what I'm saying? Your own mannerisms. It's, I promise you, it's never crowded in your own lane. And that's the biggest way to just avoid trouble, to just avoid unnecessary drama, all of the things. Like, do what you enjoy. Because I'm sure none of us enjoy being, like you know, shot or (laughs) being around, you know, like that, like the environments, but don't get me wrong. I've gone in hoods. I've, I sit outside occasionally. I like to do things, but everything ain't for everybody. And you just have to be smart and, and make, make good decisions, decisions that reflect what you want, not what reflects, you know, Oh, I'm trying to get this or a hot boy or, you know, like, yeah, like I said, decenter men. Make yourself a priority. God willing, you don't have children at this age that you have to consider, so that you can just always do what is best for you. You don't have to worry about oh, let me, you know, it's worry about Traquan down the street. Let me worry about all the rest of my homegirls who doing this. Or if you you know had a baby or your family, what have you, just worry about yourself and. The rest will figure itself out. I promise you the universe will open up and respond to minding your own business and staying in your own lane. I promise you. It's foolproof.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the law. That's a great advice. For
0: real.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nah, for sure. (laughs) So, the thing I want to transition to is you being a business owner here in D.C., um, as you talked about advice given to these young women growing up in D.C., how they could overcome some of the things and distractions, you know, that could, you know, kind of hinder them from reaching certain uh, parts of success and doing things such as owning a business here in D.C. So, kind of, uh, you know, talk about your business, um, you know, what it is, talk about The success of being a business owner, the challenges of being a business owner. Um being a business owner in a city like it's DC, you know, that offers you kinda like a Mm -hmm. opportunity to have a rich network. And when I say rich, not like you know dollars, but just like a rich network of just like a diverse pool of different people from all over the world. So um let's just get into that.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's good too, because I one thing I learned once I started my first business with Diesel Dessert. Um, I'm from D.C. So I'm in the city that I'm from. So I have my home network. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as all of your home. Your family, your friends, people you went to high school, elementary, middle school. all Everybody that you... Then um, I live in the DMV. Hampton is in Virginia. And this is like a major melting pot where people settle from Hampton. Mm-hmm. Like in, in this area, whether or not they was from here or they just found a job and moved. Yeah. Uh, And then also, I'm a professional in D.C., so I have that network as well. Like the entire hospital I work at or the entire professional group in which I work at, I could have at my disposal. So, that was something that I didn't even know was, you know, because I went to school for nursing. I didn't go to school for business or entrepreneurship. I don't know if that's a major in college. (laughs) It it should be. Somebody really should do that. Um, Because... The only, my biggest struggle with entrepreneurship was, I've always excelled in school. Naturally, just rolls off my tongue, rolls off my fingers. But I think that's because we've all been, you know, um, institutionalized. We get a syllabus. We get our expectations. We know what the teacher requires from us. Like, you really just got to be like, I don't care to, to get a, to fail. So... I feel like with business, it's, it, it functions... In entrepreneurship, it functions like life. You never know what each day will bring. Like, you know exactly what every day of, of class brings because it's on the syllabus. Or she told you last week. Or you know it's a test today. Like, it's... The most you'll get is a pop quiz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, with entrepreneurship, it's just very hit or miss up and down trial and error good days bad days uh it's just really nothing sometimes that you can do to mm-hmm. you can prepare as much as you want and just things never take off into the to the 900th day or the 900th time it's like you have to go at it every day like you just got a 100 on that last test and you going at your next one about to knock it out the park yeah. that's the best way that I can tell you to approach entrepreneurship Um, I'm a hypocrite a little bit because that's not how I always approach it Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I try to stay on top of myself with that because it's really difficult really extremely difficult to have what you feel like is a respected profession and then to still want to do something else it requires a lot of your time. and it, re- it requires a lot of your energy. And you already have to make money, which takes your time and energy. Mm-hmm. So then you're trying to, you know, advance to the next level. And it feels like it's impossible because you, you got, you need time, you need money. But you need time and money for life too. Right. So, you know, th- figuring that balance out has been, has been one for the books for me. Like I said, with Diesel Dessert, I didn't. It just, it flowed. It just did. I can bake. I'm naturally a good baker. Yeah. Um, I got in, mixed up with marijuana after college. Like, I didn't smoke uh, for real, for real in school. I did on the weekends and stuff like that. But I didn't get involved until I was already a nurse and down the line. And then it's like combining my two skills. And then I just started monetizing it. Even with that, like, I, I started selling edibles. They was $5 each. Mm-hmm. So it was just like. I've developed and learned and grown with the business um, as you have to. So that's the best advice I can give. Be ready. Like you're started look at Macy's, we see like uh CBS, we see all these corporations, those are giants. They did not start that way. All those memes yeah. that you see Walt Disney went bankrupt and do 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 people like you almost gotta lose your mind to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> you have to really be well acquainted with not having like sanity.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just not that important. <laughs>
1: Not but yeah, really no,
0: once you once you get That's on, like, it's all well worth it. You just have to stay the course and like not let it impact you. Yeah. As as hard.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's like, you know, like you just say, everybody started somewhere. hmm You know, and I'm like the days when you like just in the beginning, just getting your hands dirty yep. nonstop. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is what it is. That was gonna, it pay off for you, you know. Mm-hmm. It was worth it. <laughs> for real. So another part of your business, as you talk about the Diesel Dessert, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no S. (laughs) Diesel Dessert. Um, You also have a holistic healing business. So, um, you know, I think in today's, you know, the time that we're in right now, health is like more popular, more cool, more fun, more interest, more transparent than ever. So, um, share a little bit about, you know, your holistic healing journey, um, some of the things you have going on, how to get your start, the importance of it, you know, all the ins and outs.
0: So, I didn't grow up, like, in a household with a family that believed in, like, holistic healing. So, over time, it just developed. Um, I never took medicine. Um, I didn't even know how to swallow pills until, like, an actual adult maybe like around 17 18 um, and it just never really felt comfortable to me and then once i learned and what was taking place why we need medicine and all those things i realized that like a lot of the different things we was dealing with could be handled with like your diet or with herbs or like way different things that like the foundations of the medicines are actually herbs um Different plant minerals, vitamins, things like that that they just alter mm-hmm. to the point that your body needs it or it impacts another function on your body because their uh, traditional medicine is like geared towards opposing symptoms, opposing disease, and like as if they are not all connected with the body. And so when you do that, you kind of inhibit the body's own natural ability to fight disease and also make it have to work harder to clean up the mess that the medicine made. So it then in turn becomes like a double negative. So yeah, it's, it's really not for me. And then I'm learning about all these different branches of holistic medicine and practice all over the world that were practice from like, centuries ago before there were doctors or before medical school was a thing and i just believe Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it makes sense it makes it's logical it heals people and that's what i'm about that's what i care about people over profit and so that's how i led myself down that line I'm certified in homeopathy. That's one of the different types of holistic medicine.
1: Okay.
0: Um, the theme of that, as like I said, with traditional medicine, they oppose disease and the different symptoms or what have you that come along with it. With homeopathy, they do the opposite. The, the slogan for homeopathy is like cures like. Mm-hmm. So they would give you some type of natural substance derived, derived from plant, or animals um, this is actually from a lot of different things the um, remedies that are used in homeopathy um, and they would give they would choose the remedy and give it to choose the remedy based on what you're experiencing and give you the remedy that would cause the, the symptoms that you're experiencing in a healthy person mm-hmm. so like let's say like like marijuana because they have a they have a um, a homeopathic remedy based on marijuana. If the patient was experiencing like some symptoms that we know that marijuana caused, like they were they were drowsy, they were eating a lot, they were in a, like a euphoric state, like um, the practitioner would have some experience or look up those symptoms and you know match it up with the profile of the marijuana remedy, mm-hmm. and they would then give that patient the remedy, and it would. Stimulate the body to heal itself basically. Um, and the homeopathic remedies are like extremely diluted, they actually possess no trace. Like, if you test it, it doesn't have any trace of the substance that it's derived from. But that's because it's diluted so many times. Um, I want to say they diluted like a hundred times, but it operates on like the <clears throat> essence. So, it's a very interesting branch of natural medicine. Um, there are several branches that uh, stem from all across the world that are very interesting and work. If you have an experienced practitioner to, you know, guide you along that path. Um, that's just really an interest of mine. Um, exploring those, teaching the average Joe about how they can heal their diabetes or their chronic upset stomach with... A juice or uh, some berries or a tea or any simple thing as opposed to Pepto Bismol every night. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my, my journey and my goal. And I just want to heal the people and so they can focus on enjoying life and not being sick. This country is way too, way too uh, successful and driven and. and great supposedly right. for the the population to be as ill as we are
1: right right and i know we talk um you know offline like briefly about politics but i'm just saying that because it makes me think just about um you know as you talk about healing and and spreading the knowledge and education and you know adopting it in the communities and becoming a way of life there's gonna have to be some type of like policy attached to it, or something that's like attached to like what impacts stuff on the ground coming from the laws and stuff. So to say that is just saying like, what do you think is going to take to take this to the next level, where like natural, healthy eating just becomes a norm in the na- in like in neighborhoods and communities instead of it just looking like, you know, sometimes people joke about it or it's a fad or it's this, but it's like, nah. When is this like me knowing that get my fruits and veggies every day? Like, what what does you think is going to take to kind of like shift that change where it's like this is what it is like. You know, we eat and heal our our bodies.
0: That is probably... I know I said that's a good question after everything you said. But, like, that's really, really a good question that I'm not so sure of the answer. Like, Mm -hmm. um, in the black community especially, we equate food with love, feeding people into loving them yeah um and i can relate that to my own experience because with my daughter um i breastfed i made her food for her first whole year of life she didn't taste juice candy any of the above that wasn't like made by me or fresh pressed or you know just good for her just genuinely good for her body and you know, once I was not able to be so hands on with her, and other people are getting involved from my family to her dad and his family. Everybody's just introducing candy and McDonald's, and I had a baby who ate asparagus at one, <laughs> ate raw avocados as a as an infant, like welcomed it. ate carrots <laughs> when she was a toddler, like to now she she just liked broccoli and spinach, like she really won't eat if it's not a, a freaking happy meal. I mean she'll eat, but you yeah. know, you you just have to like really encourage kids. They always want McDonald's. Once you put that sugar on their tongue, it's addictive. We mm-hmm. all we all have that. But um Yeah,
1: that's that's what I've seen in documentaries, you know, they just mm-hmm. talk about the power of sugar. And it's crazy. The power. It's like more, yeah, it's, it's like like anything
0: your
1: body wants it more and more so. Yeah. All that stuff is yeah.
0: So, once they get that taste, especially in access, mm-hmm. they are addicted. So, you, ha- I limit, you know, my daughter's sugar intake for a variety of reasons. Just so she don't just be addicted to that substance, which would could potentially lead to other substances down the line. And just also for mental clarity, for her to have a taste on her tongue for something other than sugar. So... Yeah, I just feel like that's important in our community because it doesn't happen. People don't support it, like you said. They joke about it, like this nigga yeah. eat a salad. Like, <laughs> look at um, they just it, it's not taken serious enough. Yeah. We the way we eat,
1: and and, and the reason, why, and I'm sorry to cut you off. But the reason why I mentioned the policy part and the policies because it's a lot of just disparities that's through different policies that are put mm-hmm. in place. That mm-hmm. with some neighborhoods of food deserts, you know, our neighborhoods, my god. More liquor stores or corner stores, but mm-hmm. if I wanna go give me a kale sandwich I really gotta drive twenty minutes from my crib. You know, I might not got a car. I'm a single mother with three kids, so it's like the access, you know, it has to be there too and that's why I just, you know, mention that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's it's disparities in everything. <laughs> every mm, yeah, every way fair. you could think about something, it is a disparity geared towards especially black people, but minorities as well um it's ridiculous it's disgusting but that's why you have to as individuals and as communities work harder to make sure your community has health has resources has information has whatever. That's why I feel like what, what I want to do is so important because I don't want to force everybody to go see a homeopath or seek herbal medicine treatment. But what I do want everybody to do is have a wealth of knowledge so they can make the choice that they feel like is best for them. Mm-hmm. And and it's not spread out enough. In countries in Europe, they use homeopathy. They use herbs. The doctors prescribe it. Yeah. They don't block Healing from their population, like they don't abuse them in that in that way. So I just I think it's important and it's vital information that needs to be shared with my community, which I care about a lot.
1: Yeah, no question. With that being said, you know, uh, tell the people where they can find you at on social media, Twitter, Instagram, any websites.
0: On Twitter and Instagram. I am respect my real, all spelled out. Um, on Instagram, I am also diesel underscore dessert, spelled out as well. Um, for the holistic remedies, I have not made a page or anything like that, but you can contact me on any of the above pages, but it'll be coming soon and I will continue to promote and use it as a network and hopefully come back and maybe provide some additional content down the line i'm excited to be creating with my friend
1: absolutely thank you so much i really do appreciate you coming on the show today um you know this concludes the show but um yeah y'all know stay up to, uh stay up you know to, uh, to be with her follow her tune in tap in I um, also, too, want to tell you before we go, I like that thing you did on Instagram for Black History Month. I do that every year. I've
0: yeah, been doing yeah. that for, like, 10 years. I know, but I
1: think on the gram, i just seen it more and more this year than she ever. Mm-hmm. Probably because of COVID, people running the house, like, <laughs> but mm-hmm. i seen it. I was like, that's what's up, like, yeah. No, it's Black
0: Herstory. Oh, Herstory, all, yeah. Yes, she, women.
1: she she She's a yeah, acknowledged mm-hmm. woman doing Black History Month, but it's, like, women that you may have not heard about on Absolutely. the documentaries and, you know, MLK tapes and stuff we watched in class. So, that was dope. But um, yeah, that wraps up the show. But thank you. Appreciate you.
0: Absolutely. Anytime.
1: Thank you for tuning into Dreams By Any Means Motivation Station. Where hustle plus faith equals success. Stay tuned for the next episode.